0: okay everyone welcome to another episode of small talk i don't know reggie we're getting close to 20 episodes man that's about a fifth of the way through our our commitment of a hundred episodes and see where this whole thing goes yeah but in all of these episodes we have done more good <laughs> than the view ever has absolutely all right man so uh well, why change subjects, right? I mean, the world's still on fire. I think it. Well, maybe it's a little less fire. I think the fires are not actually fires, burning fires anymore. It's just people eating each other alive at this point. Yeah,
1: that that is it's, it's consumption of one another, and and people are feeding off it. I mean, just loving every minute of it. And
0: yeah, it's unbelievable. And Chuck just joined us from Columbus good to see chucks with tonight yeah, people are eating each other a lot man i i will tell you that uh i think i said the other day to you reggie i've never seen white people consuming white people as much as they are right now i don't i mean i don't even know what to i don't know i don't know what to think about that like everyone is just it is this desire to just jump on and just destroy folks says is now moved beyond any racial barriers. Uh, I'm I'm seeing it all over the place. Um, it's really it's really an amazing thing. I will say,
1: on black people, we ain't slamming one another, right? Used to be when um certain leaders stepped forward, you know, the the typical folks that are the first to uh, 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 some people would call them ambulance chaser, that they would be you know ridiculed and demeaned. That hadn't happened. Like good, oh. But at least, and I can't speak for the entire world, but I hadn't seen any of it. It's about unity at this point, and and inclusion, and all those other things. I did want to talk in particular, talk about people eating one another up. I know you often talk about how um, you don't know people that are just outright racist. You don't know people who are just outright, you know, just biased and segregated, and all those different things. And I don't dispute that. I, I don't live in your world. I don't know everybody around you. The few people I've been able to meet through this, they seem just genuine, authentic people, right? So I, I, I actually, beyond don't dispute you, I take you at face value. And yet, let me describe a situation that happened to my wonderful wife just yesterday, right? So my wife spent a week, the whole week of the ride, down in, um, in Iowa taking care of her mom. Her mom had had some kind of surgery on her heart. She wasn't supposed to be lifting stuff. But you know how old people is; they always want to outdo stuff. So uh, the siblings took turns going down checking on her. She came back, and she had hurt her back because she was carrying an air conditioner. Now I just want to point out the fact I can't get her to bring a bottle of water upstairs in my house, but she carried a window unit at a mama's house.
0: I'm going to stick up for her right now because I have witnessed her while you and I video chat her like bringing you food. That is true. I got true. I got her back on this one. Okay, okay. I ain't gonna Now with- I will say I think that she would cut me if I got sideways with her. I ain't gonna <laughs> deny that. So you listen, any opportunity for me to come along her side, I'm gonna come along her side. And I'm I'm with her on this one. All
1: right, Pro- all right. Please proceed. All right, so uh she decided to go to the chiropractor. Our chiropractor was um the one she normally goes to. The phone was going direct to, to his voicemail. She finally reached him and he said he retired. He referred her to a person, right? Now she goes. She set the appointment. Couldn't get an appointment to Monday. I'm sure that's because we're opening up, and that person was probably slammed. And so um, she goes there. She's sitting in the lobby, and she hears them going on in the back. Right? It's the chiropractor with a client, and they talking about that that nigga George and how he's um, he he's a rapist and he's animal and you know how he deserved to get it. And I mean, like this is coming out of the room. And there's no way they couldn't have thought that the people in the lobby didn't hear it. I think they just figured anybody that would come to their business would agree with it, right? So yeah, and Michelle
0: like, was absolutely outraged at the fact that yeah. there was a HIPAA violation that was taking place at that moment. That no. They <laughs> left the door open and could hear confidential doctor-patient conversation. And hey. what did she do about
1: this HIPAA violation, Reggie? She got up and left. She just went to the lady and said, I, I don't need to be seen, Right. And so I guess I would imagine that that receptionist was hearing all this stuff about how dumb it is to disband the police and how, uh, and talking about all this racial stuff about basically saying that George deserved to be killed, right? Mr. Floyd deserved to be clear, killed. And so she was embarrassed. My wife leave out, but the the chiropractor, the chiropractor called, her. I don't call them doctors no more because I don't even rock with them. What's up, Kyle? And um, he goes into this explanation. What do you think
0: he said? He said that it wasn't him. It yeah, was. I, <laughs> it was. I mean, you know. You, yeah. I mean, it's going to be the go guy. That go go it's going to it. be the person that was in there. Yeah, obviously. But go now, does it. she know? Can she verify? I mean, this is a new doctor. She hasn't seen that doctor yet. Right? I mean, could she distinguish the doctor and the patient for real?
1: Well, not, not voices, but there were definitely okay. two voices coming out of the room, and I don't think there was a third person in there. Right? Oh, but
0: anyway, you look at it, it's like it's not like anyone was putting an end to the conversation. So basically, you know, for her, where she's sitting, they're both wrong. So, yeah, I get it. So w- what else do you think he said? What do you think he said in defense of himself? Well, he probably probably said he got some black friends. Oh,
1: he got black family.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, well, they're even better.
1: <laughs> and so I, I'm, I'm laughing just to, to, to avoid the rage. But uh, so she said, well, then you should probably go talk to them about what you did wrong right? Because whether you said it or not, obviously that cat felt comfortable enough to say it to you. It's right in Woodbury, Minnesota, right? A, a very affluent area of, of the Twin Cities. And, and the sa- sad part about it is, I could have ended up in that office. How would that man, that, that obviously, whether he said something, which he did, or didn't say something, which he didn't stop the other guy, how do you think he feels about people of color? Well, right, I ain't asking you to answer that. That's more of a rhetorical question. I think that's evident in the fact that he could sit in there and have conversations about niggers and, and George Floyd being a rapist and so on and so forth, right? He didn't mm-hmm. shut it down. His client, who probably was a regular, obviously felt comfortable enough to engage in that conversation. Long story short, George, you may not see it, but there's an element of our country that is dead set in on um, superiority. Like seeing themselves as being different, separate, and better. Period. Point blank.
0: Yeah. Listen, I I probably could try to uh, offer some perspective on that, but I don't think it would. Um, I mean, I don't. I mean, I think that was just wrong. I I don't know. I don't know what to say. I mean, there. I'm not in that guy's head. He he could have just been. Trying to sort of save face, keep some clientele, not ruffle feathers, you know, being just weak in that moment, whatever, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't know. Like, you know, when I had the guy at the DMV, uh, this dude was cramming for finals. Man, I mean, he was, he was up in age, and it's not like I'm going to sit there and give him a uh, try to educate him. Uh, I'm just going to, you know, I just thought, hey, man, that's that's neither here nor there, and if you did. For the people that are listening and didn't hear before i was at the dmv and there was a guy in line who basically said uh something about the democratic party and he's like ah just a bunch of blacks going to vote for the democrat anyway something like that and i was like well hey look uh i that that's not what i'm going to make a decision based on like that that's mm-hmm. neither here nor there uh, that's not even an issue is what i told him so and that pretty well just kind of shut him up and you know, like i said last time i didn't want to talk to him anyway so that was good Yeah. And and, uh, the big
1: thing, um, I'm proud of my wife
0: because she showed a
1: lot of courage, right? Easy to show courage, but then again, not so much. Because a lot of times, I mean, how do you confront people? And then for him to call, knowing he did wrong. I mean, like he knew he did wrong. Whether he did it or allowed it to happen, he did wrong. That's the problem, George. If he was this person who didn't hold those beliefs, but didn't want to say anything about it, uh, that type of person who would never do that himself, but then entertain or allow the conversation, then what it tells those people who are dead set against equality, that they're right, because they're going to assume your silence is complicit, right? That, That your silence condones, not just condones, supports whatever they have to say. And just like in any direction, the extreme people always get heard. And they tend to want to run their mouth the most because there's so few that they're trying to like join people to their cause. What I'm saying is that thing happened. There's been some growth. There's been some change. You got people all over the world, all over the world marching in solidarity around a cause. We, we were able to move past the riots and start really getting back to the root cause. Okay. Of so what, what's the cause at this point? Uh, the brutality, the inequality, the misshapen lives and fortune of African-American. The brutality acted against us, the misshapen lives in the sense that we don't have true access to the American dream. That's what the cause is, right?
0: You know what? I I listened to uh, that, that video where uh, killer Mike and Candace Owens were going back and forth. I listened to that again. You, You know what I'm talking about? Not really. No. Yeah, yeah. You sent me the video of Killer Mike and Candace Owens. They were on a stage. There was a panel discussion and they were going back and forth with each other. Candace is just taking hell from everyone. Killer Mike kind of stands up for her to some degree. Hey, hey, hey. Anyway, I'll send I'll resend it to you. Anyway. So Killer Mike went down the list of all the people that uh, he says that everyone needs to read. And so I'm going I'm gonna go down that list, man. I wanna. I want to figure this out. I don't want to be the white person that just goes and grabs a sign and, mm-hmm. and marches up and down the road and then forgets about it or spouts off every now and then with a hashtag. And I don't, I, I really want to, I really want to be able to come at this issue in a much more educated uh, way. Personally. Exactly. Now <clears throat> I don't think that that's going to cause anyone to listen to me anymore. honestly, I'm going to do that for me, okay? Because you can right now in this in our, in our culture and this this atmosphere currently, you can arm yourself with statistics, best statistics that we have, and everything else on on any uh, issue related to race, and you can say what those statistics are, and oh, people don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear them uh man where'd you get those numbers from man that ain't that ain't right that ain't right and this sort of thing so because we no one trusts anyone anymore like we don't even trust the news. we don't trust the news right our primary source mm-hmm. of information we don't trust them mm-hmm. we, we don't trust uh, I was uh, having a conversation today with someone who is a uh, single mom she has she's white she has biracial children talking about this issue, and we're talking about that Washington Post police shooting database and mm-hmm. how it's saying, I think yesterday, now the number's at 14 black unarmed people, people were shot and killed by the cops in 2019, and she's like, that's not right. I mean, I don't, okay. I mean, I don't, I mean, if we're going to make decisions, whatever the decisions are, based on, data which is kind of like what you and i tried to do in our our working lives mm-hmm. right evidence-based practices and programs and whatnot that i don't even know how we i don't even know how we do that if the data is insufficient or just suspect at best Like how do we even do that
1: well i think i told you this before mark twain said there's liars there's damn
0: liars and then
1: there's statisticians.
0: <laughs> well, and that doesn't, right. I, yeah, we, I, I agree with that, but that doesn't help us out at the end of the day. That's a funny no, no, little no, quip, no. but it doesn't help us. So,
1: um, the, I, I really don't have a message around that other than get informed, read what you can and not just read what you can go use some empathy with, um, somebody that don't look like you. And I, I hope it starts with some, some people of color, but, uh, somebody that don't share the same values as you either. I mean, like because you talked about this, how fractured white people are that, you know, it's not like white people are generally a unified front. There's certain things that can galvanize white people. But for the most part, <clears throat> y'all kind of go in y'all own direction, too. The big thing is inform yourself, but don't just take that information and assume it about other people. Learn how that human being sees the world and how their culture impacts them and how that's been played out in their lives. Accurate empathy, man. That's the only thing I can give you. But first inform yourself. I think it's valuable. It's important that we stop dismissing and discounting. You tell me, mm, not you, but one can tell me that um, there's fewer black men in the house, more black boys and girls grow up without their father. Well, that's a statistic when it stands alone it looks ugly. But when you line that up aside, the fact that African-American males were targeted in the justice system, that even... That uh, uh, well, I, I can't remember the, the statistic, and I won't quote it because I'm sick of quoting it, but we are more likely to go to jail than to graduate from college, right? Well, oh, that's the choices you're making. That's this, no, that's over-policing in certain areas, right? I dealt with that with the JDAI, the Ju- Juvenile Detention Alternative Initiative here in, in Minnesota, in, in the Twin Cities, where we realized that the patrol in Frogtown, in East St. Paul, there was eight times as many cops rolling through there as there was in, say, I don't know, North St. Paul or um, other other areas that were less dark skinned or less melanated. And so you, if you go looking for it, you're gonna find it, right? But we also recognize too, that in areas like Maplewood and um, North St. Paul, where I live, a white kid was more likely to actually <clears throat> engage with the cops and be, a, be released as opposed to being taken down to the juvenile detention center. So, I mean, there, there's so many other statistics that, play into that one that I mean it, it, that's why a, t- statistics don't necessarily have a value and a, as an independent stat. But yet we also often, often quote one stat without in any way referring to all the other contributing factors. We know from from uh, statistics and, and research alone, it's rare that there's a one-line causation, right? We can talk about correlations, but it's rare that there's a one line causation that this caused that. Right. There's a million other factors that play a part in it for usually, right. if you to counter the Black Lives Matter message. It's used that, that, that. Let's just hit you with these single stats that aren't even completely flushed out. Right. It's just kind of raw numbers that sound horrible on their face. But when you compare it, when you actually take it a step further, then it, it's a little less than it's not as intense as what it seems at the top. So that's give, me why a,
0: give me an example of one of the raw numbers that gets tossed out as a way to. Um sort of delegitimize the the message of Black Lives Matter.
1: Um, let's see, Chicago. <laughs> so
0: yeah, 250-some-odd Chicago- murders there uh, so far this year. I just heard this today.
1: Okay. It's a major metropolitan area. How many people live there?
0: I don't know. I just heard the stat. It's not one of those things where I went and looked it up what, so that I can make run- an argument tonight. But- what
1: are they ranking their murder per 100%? They're
0: not
1: even in the top 10. But yet, we'll throw those raw numbers out there about that, and somehow that is just illustration that we're we're just animals, like oh, okay, we're hold
0: on a second. beast. Hold on a second, just don't worry. I'm, 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 no, no, I want to. I'm not. I'm not picking up when you're putting down, and I want to. So just go over that again for me. I said that I heard today that there's 250 some odd murders in Chicago. So explain that to me again. I, I need, we need to look at what other factors um,
1: I'm saying they lay Chicago out there as if it's uh, the epitome of like black on black crime. but in a sense, it's not even murder rate in like the top level of murder rates in the country. I think Detroit's kind of up there. I think um places in the south too are really up there, right so but we we lay those raw numbers out about Chicago. And I hear that more on the news than anything else. And that's supposed to be a way of allaying that black people are doing it to themselves. Uh, I should say, inferring that black people are doing it to themselves. I don't know how many times I've heard Chicago coupled with, you only care about black on black. I mean, uh, when black people die, when white people kill them, <coughs> you don't the, say anything when the murders happen in Chicago. Yeah. You have you ever
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it couldn't, couldn't the proponents of, uh, The Minneapolis Police Department, couldn't they make the same case by saying, well, listen, last year there were zero unarmed black men or women killed by our department. Oh, shot. I don't know about killed, Reggie. Okay. I don't know about killed, but shot and killed by the police. There was none last year. I'm just saying last year. I don't know about years previous. So if we go at least from what I've looked at, from January 1, 2019, up till now, George Floyd, there's one out of how many interactions with the cops? I mean, couldn't they make the same case that you're making for Chicago? Couldn't they use that same line of reasoning?
1: And here's why. If it was just a killing, it's, that's horrible enough, and that needs to stop. It's all the other harassment that takes place it's all the other like brutality that is inflicted by that gang and I'll call so the,
0: the, there's a clarifying of the message then there's a clarifying yeah. that needs to take place of what the real issue is mm-hmm yeah because
1: because it isn't the killing is the fact that that is an organized gang similar to the mafia they don't snitch on each other. There's no way they will ever cross that blue line, partner. What they did—I shouldn't say that because that's an absolute. And just recently, they really been stepping outside of that. Like I'm, I'm pretty. I can, I, mean, I, can for, if, yeah,
0: I can tell you that. Yeah, I can tell you the few things out of those fifteen. Uh, Washington Post now has it at fourteen, but fourteen killings, shootings of black uh, people last year who were unarmed. Two of those I remember were by black officers. One, I think it was an accidental discharge. I guess they confirmed that. Um, at least two, maybe four of the officers went, you know, went to jail. Like I, I think that if we, here's, I have a hard time. If one person, George Floyd, since January one, has been killed, I, I want to talk about the harassment issue, though. But if they has been killed, killed, not yeah. just harassment, okay and br- brutality. Right, yes. we, yeah, we can use whatever. So brutality, but if there's been one of one killed and his name's George Floyd and it was horrendous, we all know that, then isn't it hyperbole? No. When ben- I'll just say right now, no, it's not because. What okay, happened- then you tell me the def. You give me the definition of genocide. Then here's what I'm gonna hit you with. There's people who look
1: who put phrases out there to try to draw as much attention and to get their causes going. I ain't speaking for them. I'm Okay, speaking. you don't want to
0: call that her hyperbole. I mean, what? What? I mean, I think it fits the definition. I mean, if we want to know what uh, genocide is, we should probably look to Rwanda and watch people with machetes in their hands. Like this is not genocide. This is horrific. It's horrible. But we don't need to whip people into uh, 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 we we don't need it overblown to where now there's 17 people, and I'm not saying that him uh, Benjamin Crump saying uh, genocide has done this, but but it's, I'm just saying it's not helpful. Now we're looking at what 17 people, I think it is, have died since George Floyd and all this mayhem. Like man, it was, what a shame.
1: Again, I, I you know I love you. I just say those arguments are often floated. As a way of like distancing or redirecting or deflecting from the central argument, I mean, the central cause, which is as a whole, African Americans are second class citizens. We got into a heated discussion that um, I say it's been since the gate, since the country. So, moved. why
0: do you think I'm making that case? I don't know. I, 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 do you Can you sit there and honestly say that I think that a guy shouldn't use the term genocide to describe? one person that has died regardless of how bad it is that the reason why i'm sitting here right now saying that is because i want to uh however you just characterize it i, I want to deflect or i, I want to take attention off see
1: uh d- do you really think that not about you no i said it's all yeah awful, awful so but but here's <coughs> the Wait, but here's the thing is that your people let me ask you a question you said yeah. why do i think you're doing it i flippantly yeah. said, or oh, no It's because you are a concrete thinker and a static a a person based in like hard 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 facts yes you often go to that as a way of understanding the situation right and and my point to that is this involves a little more than just facts and not just for you but for a lot of other people because a lot of the things that have been and you talk about i'll say it, it, it that's a little stretch with genocide in the sense of just police Explain to me how the African-American population hadn't grown compared to the Latinx population, the Asian population and all other populations. You're
0: talking about the sheer numbers?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, uh, I'll give you one thing right now. You ready? I mean, it's going to be really controversial. Ready. Okay. I'm listening. Uh, Black black Americans are 13.4% of the population, about 44 million of y'all. 13% Thirteen per, uh, percent of the population, uh, and you account for thirty-six percent of abortions. I mean, right there, I don't care. I don't want to get in a big debate about the the merits or morals of abortion. But what we know is, well, that's bringing population numbers down. Right, that's one thing. Uh, I bet you poverty. Health issues, so the problem I mean, they contribute to the first one too, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I guess it could. I, I mean could.
1: making a, a decision based on your financial status, which is horrible. And my I mean, like, I'm not gonna go there. That ain't my place to talk about
0: but it. you're right. It <laughs> is one of the major point, right? <laughs> that is one of the major uh reasons, yeah, that people give for sure. You know what I'm saying?
1: So there's all these other factors that come together, and yet back to that what you're discussing, there's more to it because a lot of the things that lead to like the systemic oppression of African Americans. It do not
0: get documented. There ain't nobody keeping stats on it, right? I mean, like the idea, and we talk. Well, about someone that. has to be if you know about it. Uh, it's, or if you can make an argument about it, someone has to be.
1: There's been times when certain people have raised issues, filed lawsuits, and it leads to certain things. My partner, uh, Kerry Wayne Sappho, his dad led and won one of the biggest civil rights um, settlements. For African-American farmers. So that's something that's documented. But the idea of a cop rolling around and just seeing some black kids and just going over there treating them like dog stuff, which only contributes to whatever thoughts they may have, well, that that, that, that ain't going to get logged in a sheet. And when that happens to you or to somebody you know, it may not happen directly to you, but to somebody you know. And when it's a continuous thing and there's potential for it to possibly come upon you, then that that's a... a, a you can't put that on a piece of paper. You can't express that because nobody's tracking that other than just through an anecdote. And if I bring it up more time than not, I'm going to be dismissed. I can give you a perfect example of something that happened in my own life. I've told you about this, but I ain't ashamed to share. I was going to pick my son up in September of what Jake was in the children's house he was five years old. So 14 years ago, I was going to pick my son up. And I was late to get there because I'd worked two shifts. I worked at 3 to 11 at Hennepin County Adult Correction Facility. I worked 11 to 7 at the Ramsey County facility. Went home, went to sleep, and woke up at 11.43, knew I had to get there by 12. I was in St. Paul, East St. Paul, and it was about an 18, 19-mile drive, so I was just gushing it to get there. I'm hauling butt into the wall of traffic. I'm darting back and forth just trying to find a gap to get in. You know, I'm driving aggressively. to Get through, and as soon as I get through and gun it, cop behind me. Cherries pop off in the dashboard. I go in, and it's a true story. Literally, if you, if people want to see it, I will gladly upload the documents from when the Highway Patrol did their investigation. I, I pull over on the side of the road because I'm thinking, dang it, I just want to get this over, so I can go pick my kid up. I'll take the ticket. The dude pulls in in front of me, not behind me, in front of me, jumps out of his car, gun in hand, runs at me screaming, get my effing hands up, get my effing hands up. I threw my hands through the, uh, through the sunroof, straight up in the air, He's sitting there, yanking on my door. I'm like, it's locked. Like I just mouthed that. He's like, unlock the effing door, unlock the effing door. I'm like, so I'm scared. I don't want to take my hands down, but I'm thinking, okay. So I pull the door and you know how, when you pull it, the door engage and the lock comes up. He snatched, yeah, yeah. The thing out of, out. he snatched the door open, pops me upside my head right here. You see the knot? With his gun. And it makes me stand on the side of the road. Now I ain't got no shoes on because I just jumped in the car, right? They, the shoes on the other side. He didn't, he didn't let me put my shoes on. He made me stand there while he had the gun leveled at my chest, asking me, screaming at me, do I want to die? Do I want to f and die? I'm like, no. And so he tells me, go to the back of the car and put my hands on, on the trunk. So I'm laying there. I mean, I'm back there. I got my hands on the trunk. I'm in gravel with no shoes on. He walks back to his car, and he's sitting there looking at me in the mirror. He's not looking. He's not on the radio. He's looking at me in the mirror. I can see that. I'm making eye contact with him in his rearview mirror. And I didn't realize I was crying. Like I, I, I didn't realize until I put my head down again. And I noticed that the trunk was wet. And I'm thinking, wow, I'm losing it right now because I'm thinking this man gonna kill me. Right, this makes no sense to me whatsoever. This is not a regular stop. I mean, why did he come running with his gun? He came back around my car on the other side, and he went to tried to open the back door. And I'm thinking it's locked, dude. I mean, I, I didn't unlock the door. You snatched it anyway. He comes to the back of the car, puts his hand on the trunk, just casually say, "You need to stop driving like that." and then turned around and started walking away. I'm like, well, no, cuz, you can't do that. You just put a gun on me. What the hell is wrong with you? So I jump in the car and I'm hauling butt behind him. And he know I am. So now I'm doing 90 catching up to him. He jumped off. He goes off on Fifth Street. I was running security at different nightclubs downtown to the front door. So I kind of knew that, okay, there's a precinct downtown. I thought it was like downtown command that he worked for. I go get my son, still balling, not even realizing it. They take me off to the side. They separate Jake away so you will see. I call the police. And I'm like, I, here's the dude, MMK559. I still remember the life, so I remember to the day I died. <clears throat> the lady on the phone, I, I, I was cussing, I was upset. She said, you need to calm down. Give me a moment. So I calmed down. And then she came back and said, that that don't belong to, to the police force, sir. That belongs to the DOC. That's part of the DOC's fleet." I'm like, what? So some DOC dude with a fake badge just pulled me over on the side of the road? So now the Highway Patrol gets involved? I mean, they, they're telling me that we're going to get it. This wonderful lady, an incredible lady, told me she going to get him. She went and interviewed him. In his interview, he saying, you know what I mean. Somebody like that driving like that. Somebody like that driving like that. And she was like, no, I don't know what you mean. She actually asked him verbatim. So if that was a little old white lady behind the wheel, would you have done the same thing? He wouldn't respond other than say, you know what I mean. Somebody like that driving like that. Right? You want to know how it ended? With his boss sitting in my living room telling me in front of my son, almost directly, that I lied, that I'm lying. I must be lying. The cameras at that section of the highway at 94 where Snelling breaks off and people in Minnesota know exactly what this is. The, they didn't work that day. They worked every day up to that and every day after that. But apparently when it was time for the highway patrol to do an investigation, it didn't work. Right? The attorney that I approached trying to get some kind of remedy, trying to hold him accountable, who initially told me I had a great case, came back and told me because of qualified immunity, I couldn't do anything. He wasn't even a police officer, he's a peace officer. right? Like he worked for the, the DOC. He had no right to be putting me over on the side of the road, none whatsoever. Ultimately, I got a letter saying that they couldn't, they were going to dismiss it because they couldn't corroborate my statement. There was no supporting evidence. I was at the time in good standing at two different jails. I went on to become promoted, to become a probation officer. I went on to become like a supervisor. I, I think I'm a pretty decent dude, right? But in that moment, my word didn't matter. It mean, meant nothing. And I can tell you to this day, that scarred me so much that when I, that's why I couldn't watch the whole George Floyd thing. Right? Because I still think that, not that what happened to him could have happened to me. I still think I could have got gunned down on the side of the road for speeding. Now I was driving aggressive. I sit and tell you right now, if he'd have gave me a ticket, I'd just shut up and took it. I had nothing to say. Cause I really just wanted to get on and go get pick my baby up. So then how how, how do you turn around and tell me? And the other people who knew this man, worked with him, with the DOC, because they, they would work part-time at some of the jails I worked at. he was making light of it. He thought it was funny as hell. Nothing happened to him. But yet since that day, if I see a cop behind me, I freeze. Like literally, I grab the wheel with both hands and I slow down as much as I possibly can. I'm, I'm consciously aware that I do this, but in the moment I have no control over that. It has shaped every way I see the world And every time i see one of those videos i can't watch it because i think lord that could have been me 14 years ago right that didn't go documented there's no statistic for that george and i can give you stories from many other people carrie got shot at by the cops shot at his dad was an assistant attorney general for the state you know what happened to the cops you tell me so those things don't get documented you can't put that into a stat but did Stats can clarify some things. I mean, they they, they can uh, paint a picture, but it doesn't paint the whole picture. And I think that's really what, at least from my perspective, that's what I get enraged about. Is let me
0: ask you this: we we've watched, we've watched uh, white Americans all over the news bowing down, uh, on their knees with big old photo op. Trump had. I'd say Trump and the uh, Democrat leaders in the House of, or, or, and the Senate have both had the dumbest photo ops I've ever seen in my entire life. Trump going across the street holding a Bible that, you know, so awkwardly. And then uh, on top of that, then you got these Democrats yesterday going to the uh, Capitol Visitation Center, Visitor Center down there, taking a knee. And half of them barely could get themselves back up. Lord, they never about never got Nancy Pelosi off off the floor. I think she's probably having reconstructive knee surgery right now, you know, uh squeezing that in between facelifts. And so uh, at any rate, uh how is all of the taking a knee, bowing down, um, and shaming of the mayor, Jacob Frive, running him out of the I sent you that. Yeah, yeah yeah, running him out of the uh the the rally whatever. How's is, how is that helping Reggie Prince? It's a, it it
1: it means that you can't ignore it. This can't be Sandra Bland, right? You can't just No one
0: no one's ignoring it. No, uh, that's a no, that's no, a foregone it,
1: conclusion. It, it, what I'm telling you. Where it, do we go from here? How's these that helping? these things have been ignored for years, right? I mean like major, I mean serious stuff happens and and there's an uproar, there's some social media posts, there's some hashtags and then the news cycle kicks in and then another thing kind of comes in and before you know it It's um, it's like okay. There's some people still investing in who had a direct Impact uh, who had a direct impact on and there's some people who still try you know That go and try to support and help but nah, not like this this one this one all that bowing and stuff All that, you know taking a knee and things it means that they they're acknowledging that uh, we can't just sweep this one away Right, and I won't even say sweep it under the rug. We can't just move on from this. Something has to change as a result of this So how does that help Reginald Prince? It helps me immensely because it gives me a sense of hope That that dude that chiropractor in Woodbury who my wife still won't tell me who it was because I say who it was Doggone it. I don't mind cancel culture and busting him out but that that him that he can't he, he has to isolate in a bubble him and his client right because everybody else whether they truly have an investment in it or whether they're using it for their own agenda, they can't ignore it. They can't just walk away from this. Something has to change as a result of this. The world is now moving. Same thing happened with civil rights back in the 60s, bro. Nothing moves really until there's some internal aspects in the country that made it happen. But what really led to the change was the embarrassment that that the United States felt when you had Germany thumbing their nose at you about how you treat people, right? When you had people all over the world stepping up saying that th- that's wrong, it led to change. So how does it help me? It does. I mean, it, in, in that sense, it gives me hope. Because outside of holding on to that hate that I have in my heart, I mean, like to this day, I mean, to this day, I, I still feel like that man took my manhood for nothing other than speed, and then lied about it on the back end. But I don't think he even really lied about it. He just got away with it. They made that man the employee of the year, two years later, for the Minnesota DOC. He didn't get punished. All they did was change their their policies. Because I printed off their policies that day, because all their policies are public record, right? You can just go to the DOC, look at policy, draw it out. I'm much like you. I'm a concrete person, right? I need to have information in order to feel a little bit more control. I think that's the majority of people, right? So I go and I print it off. They changed some of the policies. They made it so that those those uh fugitive task force members had to begin documenting their every move and every minute of their day. Whereas before they were just cowboys out there doing it, right? Heard horror stories of the PO myself about how they would come in and just beat the crap out of uh offenders on Warren. And anybody that was in the house, they might stand in their way. I think a lot of that changed because of what happened to me. But then again, probably not. But in this instance, something got to give, man. I don't know what that is. I told you my son won an argument against me the other day. I was very proud of him. Where he I said one thing and he came with a counter, and his counter was very, very, very good. I had to lay it out. I think he'll make a good lawyer if he if he really does. Yeah, well, t- t- like tell that. people
0: what it was. I'm sure people want to hear now.
1: Uh, no, I ain't gonna go there. I ain't gonna put my baby. I asked him to be on the show. He said maybe. But then again, he played college football. I can't have him, he can't he can't put himself at risk like that. You know what I'm saying? In the sense of having it upsetting people, or maybe saying something that pushed folk, folks in the opposite direction, and so yeah,
0: I don't, I don't know how much even I can afford to do that, even. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, seriously. So, man. so, but you know, I, I think when you sent me that video of Jacob Fry getting no, I'm not going to say I think, but when you sent me that video, of Jacob Fry, that came with a phone call not too far after, basically saying this is going too far. Oh, you're not going to be helpful.
1: Kneeling. You asked about the kneeling. My bad. Okay. Of, of Let,
0: well, what are your what's your perspective then on on Jacob Fry? It, and if you've been under a rock and you haven't seen this, Jacob Fry, Mayor of Minneapolis, young dude. What what's he about? Sixteen.
1: <laughs> he can't dance though. I'm gonna send you a video of him trying to do the Cupid Shuffle. It's horrible. They yeah. should they should have booed him, man.
0: So at any rate, uh, he was at this uh, rally. Was it a protest rally? Whatever. I mean, it was a, mm-hmm. it was a big assembly of folks. And uh, he was asked by the lady with the megaphone, "Will you defund the police? Will you support that?" Yeah, I saw that. I mean, but yeah. I think was and just- he said, <laughs> "I, I do not support the full abolition of the police department." Something like that. I mean, mm. he, you know, he didn't just say yes or no. And when he said he does not support the full abolition of the police department there, in Minnesota, uh, Minneapolis, they started chanting go home uh, what what was his name again Jacob is that what it was? Mm-hmm. or was? Um, yeah go home Jacob go home and then shame and uh it, here he went
1: tail you know, between his legs be the skinny jeans to begin with i mean like the skinny jeans didn't help it you know what i'm saying so like the skinny jeans the the, the hipster t-shirt and then his mask and ah I, in that moment i just felt so much pain and not for him cuz he a grown man who chose to be an elected official take what come to you it was just thinking if people want to help us, we can't just shoot them down at every turn, right? Like we we got to have a, a, a at least an open mind to some of the help. When I said that, I didn't know about the whole uh, him arguing with them about. I'm not arguing with like not agreeing or have going against what they were saying. Then I realized then why they did it, right? And he he put himself in that situation. Does did he not expect to be asked that question? I mean, he a grown man. He's a politician he made to be a mayor of a major city i think he should have known that that was going to come up and if he didn't have an answer that was going to fit that crowd then he probably should have stayed his butt at home for real but i still what my initial response to that was this can't be helpful if when people offer their support we just immediately shut them down right we find whatever flaw we can in what they're saying and beat them up and that's on either side right but definitely it means we need to all listen to one another, and sometimes accept it to disagree. But on that point, what that lady was saying—that that's a, a big movement. Our city council has moved to defund, oh uh, no, to dismantle the police department. And who are they going to get the money to? See, when you hear that, what what do you think they mean by dismantle?
0: Uh, I I really I don't even know because I can't seem to get any firm plans on what that means uh ilian omar says w- that we're going to reimagine what this new system that we create what it's going to be so it sounds to me i'm taking from that that it's still in the uh, uh, imagining stage now, i don't i really don't know so you're you're probably getting local news so you you probably have a better idea about that so well, i
1: can't speak to what minneapolis is planning exactly but uh-huh. I do. They're looking into a model that happened in New Jersey. In a city in New Jersey, they, they dismantled their police department. They took it all out. What they found was the crime rate was out of control, but um, they were paying a lot of money for police, and nothing was really going down. And all they really was getting, well, I shouldn't say nothing, because complaints about police brutality and misuse of, uh, of power were like off the charts. So what they did was they chose to dismantle the police department. What that meant for them was they basically said everybody needs to re-interview for their job so it's an open market right those who they knew were trouble cops they just didn't rehire them those who were decent cops they put them back on the force and then they hired new cops to replace the ones and they changed the uh policing practices the training model they moved away from the warrior training right they actually put in uh, like other they use other funds that they could then um like they were able to recoup because they didn't have such senior officers working who were just troubled people to like reinvest that into like social services for um to teach, not just have cops showing up to mental health situations, but have like trained therapeutic people who have a badge show up to uh mental health situations, right? So that's what they did in that that's that um city in upstate New Jer- in, in New Jersey. And I I can't speak, I won't even speculate. I, I just imagine i've seen several stories about that on the news here so it seems like somebody has um like intimated or, or inferred that that might be the area they're going in so the idea of dismounting the police department i don't think it means all y'all go home we don't need a police force i think it means well i hope it means what what i just described what happened in upstate new
0: york That they say i tell you what i'm i'll well, tell you what i'm more afraid of than a law enforcement officer with a badge is a social worker with a badge. I'm not even playing right now. Huh? I heard
1: that somewhere else. That's what I'm saying. Can <laughs> you
0: imagine, can you imagine the level, you know who should be behind this? Like Pfizer or, you know, some, some other pharmaceutical company that makes all this. Ooh, I about cussed right there. Makes all this <laughs> medicine that we pump into our kids. whenever mm-hmm. one gives them uh labels gives them diagnoses out of some book that changes every year Mm -hmm. oh now it's this now it's that now it's this now it's that now it's this medicine and then now it's that medicine lord have mercy could you imagine how many people are going to be diagnosed with stuff well here's what i think though what i believe
1: is if i look at it in in a more um hopeful way is that the social worker with the badge wouldn't be sent out to the gunfight, right? That when someone calls for a wellness check, that that would be the person that shows up, not the cops who then shoot an unarmed person in their bedroom, right? And then later say they were in fear for their lives. or like that one cop who showed up to a noise disturbance and ended up shooting that one white lady because she banged on the car to get their attention, right? That's what I would hope is that, and maybe, maybe not the noise ordinance, I mean, noise complaint, but like that there would be people who didn't have this mentality of like predator and prey, um, kill or be killed, that would then show up to try to intervene in situations as opposed to um, just, I don't care what either one of y'all got to say, somebody going to jail. And then more times than not, if it's me and you, I'm the one going to jail. And that's not an anecdote. Well, we we have more police contact because we're policed harder, and we tend to go to jail more often. We tend to go to and we, once we go to jail, we tend to sit longer because of bails. We tend to then have longer convictions. Actually, take more pleas because more time than not, the cat just want to get out of jail. We ain't talking about for killing and rape, raping and wounding people. Like we talking about for like having dope on you.
0: Yeah, I get it, man. And you know what? Uh, Town hall meetings have been replete for decades with people in minority communities saying, we need more cops here. We need more cops here. We need more cops here to get, get things under control and all the rest of it. Like I just, it seems to me that, uh, I'll just tell you, man, that is one profession I would not want to be in right now. I I can think back to times working in the juvenile correctional facility, Mm -hmm. maximum security, worst of the worst. And you you're there for eight hours, and you're looking to go home. And next thing you know, your relief is called in, and they're not coming, and you can't leave. And now you're there for 16 hours, and you've had, you know, you're you're at hour 15, and it's basically been, you know, a good seven of those 15 hours has been those kids in your face, cussing you, yelling at you, fighting with each other. Like you think of all the single moms that just got to go put their child or. Not single moms, parents, just in general, parents that got to be tougher on single mom, but the parents that have to just go put their kids in their room and shut the door so they can get just a couple of seconds of peace so they don't freaking kill their child. What do you say to parents whose uh, baby is screaming nonstop for hours? Go put them in the crib. They won't die. You're just a human. You will snap. You'll snap. And you might suffocate that little joker. Okay, we don't want you doing that. So give yourself a break. And then I look at these cops out there on the streets, hours on end, hours of people in their face, screaming at them, yelling at them, calling them every name possible.
1: Protest Bro,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. The the rioters. Okay, we, we, we can keep these separate. The rioters throwing. Rocks at them, throw them water bottles, frozen bottles. Need I say more? And I think, dude, it's just hard when your kid is screaming that, you know, that you brought into this world that you would die for. Right. I ain't dying for any of them people out there on that street. I'm not. I'm not doing that out there calling me now. Name. My name's not Jesus. Well, you know, I, I, That's yeah. why he's the hope of the world. It ain't George. Right. <laughs> so.
1: If so, uh, you, you yeah, I mean, like,
0: where's the, where? like, where's the, I'll just say, I don't require everyone to have empathy for those jokers, but man, I, man, I have some empathy for them, man. Cause I, I just, I could, I couldn't do it. Dude. There's there's no way I could do it. I don't have it in me. Oh, I'm getting these, cranky I, as I get older too. So. In these current times, I'll give you some leeway
1: on that for real. I mean, like, um, I, I won't sit here and say that it, it, I would do it. I'm going to tell you that right now. I don't think that's in me to do. They'll go out there and do that. Um, the the thing that I would say in response to this is um, the issue ain't what they're doing. I mean, the issue what they're doing during the rides is bad, but um, what they were doing before that—that's where the the focus really yeah. needs to be on. And like during the rides themselves, you just described the mom who you know might be irate. I mean, just just threadbare, and the baby still screaming, or you know, the, all those situations you just described. Well, here's the deal. I I really believe I want to believe that cops have the 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 metal the the psychological steel to be able to withstand that. Not that they should. I don't think anybody should ever be anyone else's punching bag. I don't I don't agree with that whatsoever. But that they can refrain, they can they can maintain because they cut from something different, right? In order to be a cop, in my Mm -hmm. opinion. It takes a lot of courage to do that. The thing is, my opinion has eroded. I mean, has been um, defaced many, many layers over because we know that more times than not, the type of people that in, end up in certain neighborhoods aren't necessarily the, the um, they, they aren't the Superman of the world. Not that there many are, right? So they're human. They make mistakes. But I just want people that are strong enough to make mistakes in my favor, not against me. And I think what's bad before the protests and then the riots, and now back to the protests, um, that there was more people that fell into making mistakes that didn't necessarily, that that wasn't in the interest of the public or the community. And then they get protected on the back end. Even if they can get just held accountable, that would be something. But as a cop, um, it's pretty hard for you to be fired unless you've done something extremely egregious. And even with that, our our police union president put out a letter saying he will get those four men their jobs back. Right? I mean, how do you have, I mean, how can you put faith in that? So I'm not going to sit here and malign cops. I got friends that are cops. A lady I used to train with, Kelly Blake, back in the day, her husband, I, I, he's down in Owatonna. he's a good man, a good man, funny, love hockey got kids and just love them to death. And I know, I, I know in my heart, I believe in my heart that if he was standing in that, on that wall with that ride, he'd show as much restraint as humanly possible. I know other people that are police officers that I know, but my, my friend of mine, I, I play football with Reggie Pippen. Chicago Illinois police officer. I know in my heart, he would show as
0: much restraint as possible. Yeah. Look, all this, all, this, I, this, doing that. But then this stuff are- will pass. What's this? This stuff's all going to pass. I mean, this will all pass. Everything will be quiet and calm down. It'll, it'll, things will be back to whatever normal is. But, but before you know it, because like five minutes ago, we were all praising first responders left and right. You couldn't heap enough praise on first responders. I mean, I mean, these people are—they die and immediately go to the right hand of the Father. <laughs> okay, and then that was like five minutes ago. Now we're saying. Uh, defund those guys. Well, here so, I'm respond
1: to some of the some of the comments over here. Just and then close out because it's, it's getting late. We, you know, we both had a long day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, I, Glenn said, "Why not just why not send robots out?" Depends on who programming them. <laughs> 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 that would be my response. Number one, I don't probably. trust Bill
0: Gates. I'll tell you that.
1: Oh, well, let's hope not on that one um yeah. I, a couple more i wanted to respond to i started looking over to the side uh hey by they, the way
0: if, if let me just address this real quick i mean glenn asked does does removing police work uh i am a big believer in states rights and 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 whatnot and i think that uh, one of the things i've said on here before reggie one of the things that it can can help contribute to a civil society is states rights right if you like the rules in one state go there if you don't like them in another stay away from there uh so i think that um uh, Minneapolis is as good a place as any to defund police, just create this uh, experiment, see what happens. I'd be in favor of jumping on board totally with the lady with the uh, bullhorn. I'd say send all the cops home. Like, y'all have had a rough couple weeks. We're going to send y'all home uh, a week to 10 days. No cops at all. And I'd like to just see what would happen. Oh, and by the way, when they come oh you have okay well so it's not original thought i'm sure plenty of people thought of it uh but i would like to see like okay when they come back in 10 days we're not retroactively like we're not going to go start filling out paperwork on grimy stuff that happened over the last 10 days no 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 that 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 was during no cop time and let's see what happens i i think uh murder in uh, los angeles over the last I'd have to clarify this is either murder or um shootings. I just heard this in passing before I got on here. In in LA, I think is up 250 some odd percent in the last two weeks. I mean, I don't know, man. Be real interesting to see what happens.
1: Well, I can tell you in North Minneapolis, the blackest part of Minnesota, there's people over there policing their own streets with AR Good. machines and other weapons. And there's and not just keeping what, what people assume, which is, oh, they're just keeping the white people out. No, they're actually stopping people from committing crime. They're preventing folks from burning down stuff because folks were going over there randomly burning down buildings in North Minneapolis, which is not connected to the situation that happened. So one, that stuff happened in South Minneapolis, which is a good chunk away from North. So, but I saw a video that Vice put out the other day, and uh, actually it was the Washington Post. And then I actually checked in with some folks and yeah, uh, one of uh, a former employee of mine, his, him and his brother out there on patrol each night, and then different people take turns patrolling during the day. So I'm not—I I don't know what would happen. Um, I'm with you. I want to see what would happen because I don't. Think, uh, yeah. I don't think we're going d- to digress to lawlessness. I don't think all of a sudden every uh, criminal in hood is going to say, "Oop, they ain't there no more." Let me go get it. And they may, even if that were the case. There ain't enough of them compared to the ones who are law abiding, and now at least in North Minneapolis, them folks have decided to police themselves.
0: That's what it's going to take. It's going to be not just law abiding, but people who are willing to go out and enforce uh, or or to protect themselves.
1: And that's what they're doing. They're protecting. They're not enforcing anything. They will. Clear. Yeah, they're just protecting themselves. They're protecting the businesses, the community with their with their actions. And then I'll tell you
0: what. I, I'm at that point now, Reggie, where as long as I'm able to continue to bear arms and practice my faith. I'm honestly at the point now where I'm just like, I don't really even care. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't care. I don't care what everyone decides to do with themselves. My opinion really doesn't matter a whole lot anyway. It does. I mean, I, I can sit here and say, can we have civility? I mean, 17 more people have died since George Floyd. That's bullshit. Like I can say that all day long and I will get, uh, you know, there's going to be somebody that's going to have a problem with me because I say, well, 17 people have died. Like, that, this is not okay. Oh, no, 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 no. This had to happen. Dude, we are at a deficit. You, you keep hearing me say this, Reggie, not on here, but just in our conversations personally.
1: I'm, 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 we
0: are at a deficit of wisdom. We, when you and I teach about thinking and feeling. And we say, Hey, your thought thermometer is like, let me get in the camera view. Your thinking is like here. It's like 40 degrees. I think this is what the script says of this, this training class that we lead. It's at 40 degrees. You're thinking and your feelings at 90. And when I say, Hey, here's the statistics. We're going to operate out of feelings all day long. And I don't, I just, I don't have, there's not a place for me personally. There's not a place in the conversation for this guy. If we're willing to say, hey, uh, well, we know that's the hard data, but we ain't going to pay attention to that. We're going to make policy off of the way people feel about things. Dude, I'm just telling you, this is not the world for me. Dude, it, and I'm okay with that, right? Man, I had someone put me on, listen to me, Reggie. You're looking at some, uh, oh, Glenn. God, I need to put money in a jar. I had someone put me out on blast by name on Facebook because I had confronted them about some grimy stuff they said about me face to face. I did the confrontation face to face. Okay. This is this, this is a this is an
1: in your face problem. This ain't no time. I to- had an
0: in my face problem, right? I have I have all this grimy stuff putting out, but being put out about me on Facebook. So then I see the person and I say something face to face to that person. It it really all I said was, "Hey, you want you want to talk about this?" I mean, hey, you I mean, you make a comment on Facebook, you want to talk about it? And because I talked face to face, the next day I was called by name on Facebook a coward to the world. Now that's when I say I'm not built for this world where cowardice is talking face to face. You see what I'm saying? Like I'm not built for this world or this discussion when it is, these are the facts, everything that I know about, like one of the things that's important to me is family. Like I've, I've helping other families as much as possible, trying to bear my own responsibilities in life to make sure that I can take care of my own family and fail and still drag myself back up when people want to kick the living hell out of you when you do and still pick yourself up and move on and still bear your responsibilities as noble as you can. Like it's, and so I want to, I want to be able to do that to a level that I can then have something left in the tank to help other families. And so I devote my life to helping other families. And so what's important to me is the family. And then I come along and I look at the statistics that tell me if you're black, in minnesota you are 1.25 billion with a b billion times more likely to be born to a single parent home than you are to be shot by the police when you're unarmed those are just the numbers and if if i can't have that conversation and make the case for let's try to do whatever we can to fix the family and you say well there's the devil's in the details there's there's incarceration rates that are that are um that have to be taken to into consideration and i say let's take them into consideration well there's economic things that have to be taken into consideration then let's do it right let's find out what those things are and have some serious policy pronouncements that we can go fight for when the civil rights uh Era, you know, of the of the 50s, the 60s, whatnot, when all that was going on, there was like, there was an end game. As far as I know history, Reggie, like there was an end game, and it was we have this legislation that we got to push for. And the only and I said to you a couple of weeks ago, I want policies. I want something. And Cedric put something about taxes in Africa and whatever. I was like, yes, there's something, right? I that I'll take it. The only policy that I've got out there right now that everyone's pushing for that 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 the media is telling us, by the way, that's a big caveat, Reggie. The only one that I know of is defund the police, and I'm saying that's not serious. Like that's not going to happen. What now, if I- well, well, <laughs> okay, okay. That I mean, because, right. because because I, I will say, I will say, I I will wait to see what the details are. You helped me tonight understand that maybe. It's not just it's not disbanding. it's defunding. I, I mean, I don't know why they'd go through the exercise of uh, firing everybody and then just uh, having everybody reapply and hire back. I think they just go find the people well, and fire them.
1: They, they can they, because if I just pick you out and fire you without due process, much like they did with those cops, even mm-hmm. though there was evidence to support them being terminated, then you'll have the police union chief coming back in saying, I'm going to get their job back because they didn't get due process in order to be fired. Now, here's this card that just bugs me beyond reason. So I, that, he said that, and then I listen to a group of people that I know that I'm all right with telling me, yeah, they're going to get off because they didn't get due process. No, so I, I can't even respond to that because what do you mean they didn't get due process? Well, they arrested them too fast. There's new... They can arrest you whenever they want to. It's due process in the actual, the the trial itself, bro. I mean, like, but no, they they didn't get, and all they're doing is just spitting back what Buddy said without being able to understand or articulate or even remotely gather that he's speaking about their job, not the criminal situation that they're in, right? And so it just seems like you're looking for an argument, not you, but those people are looking to try to find something to just stoke the fires. And and I think part of that stoking the fires is we had a, a a GOP member here who went on the floor and demanded that our governor and the mayor of Minneapolis apologize to suburban mothers for the fear they allow to rage through our city for not doing something sooner to quell the riots. What do you mean by suburban mama? <laughs> it's so, I mean, like, seriously, dog. That stuff exists, but what uh, but, but gives me hope is that there's more people on the other side. When he did that, he got blasted. I mean, blasted, even by GOP members dug in him on social media, on the new I mean, like on different uh, whatever. Every, so that gives me hope. That lady down in Texas that said that the George Floyd murder was a staged event to turn the tide against. Um, Donald Trump. I'm not making this up. She literally, she really said that in some rant that she was having. Well, even her GOP fellow GOP members are now screaming for her to resign. There's no way she'll get back in. So that's why I, I got I got not just a little, a lot of hope in a sense because yeah, those people are going to still try to have their platitudes and their their, their, their make their uh like outlandish. Well, it ain't outlandish them, but make statements as a counter to what's of this movement because they're afraid. It's like that lady said in that video, you watch that video I sent you from the black lives matter lady. Yes. What'd you think of that? Uh, I tell me off here. I don't want to hear in front of company. So,
0: okay. Well, I'm just going to tell you right now. I think it's amazing what you can do with well-shot video with music, compelling music playing in the background. Like,
1: Huh? Whatever you want. That one made some incredible points, G. and passionate about it. I mean, like real. But stay. Oh,
0: I love passion. Listen, I love passion. Let me tell you something. I love it so much that I'm a rec- I'm a recovering charismatic because you know you go to church, you get all amped up. You know <laughs> all the music and words. Are, mm-t, 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 mm-t. You know, and and flags are waving, people are dancing, people are shouting, yeah, yeah, yeah. And next thing you know, like you leave, and you're like, hey, what'd you learn to church today? I don't know, man, but it was fun. <laughs> well,
1: back to what I was saying, she said it at the end of hers, and I think there's a group of um, Americans out there that really, th- th- this speaks to them. It's their need to counter the message. It's their need to to uh, put up what, uh, all lives matter and everything else. It, it's She said that y'all should be lucky that black folks only want equality and not revenge. Do you remember that part of the, of the video? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I think is, there's a mm-hmm. decent contingent of people in this country that have that fear in their heart so deep, and that's why they have to have some kind of counter narrative. They have to take this moment away from African Americans. I still, I, I still, I'm, I'm low I'm at a law. I'm not even mad about it. But why, why do you need to have the George George Floyd challenge? Well, I know why you do because you can't let African-Americans have this moment. Those people who are doing that, you can't let them have this moment because if they have that moment, then it may expose something that might lead to, well, uh, and some extrapolation, I can't even imagine that those uh, like loosely intelligent people. I mean, I say loosely, strong, because I, it's, it's, I'm pretty sure among that group, there won't be any atoms being split. You understand? So they, they don't think past, just it thinking and whatever serves me in the moment and anybody can rile them up in one direction or another. Now, I'm not talking about that just with white folks. I'm telling you that every group has that contingent within it, but I don't understand why that has to happen. That need to not let someone else have that moment, not let someone, I mean, like you see me suffering, But instead of just acknowledging that, not even thinking about what your role, I mean, I'm not even saying you got a role in it, but you, I mean, like you, you seem to think that if I, if I'm in pain in front of you and it's caused by somebody that looked like you, then I'm blaming you. Either I got to assuage your white guilt, or I got to acknowledge that you one of the good ones, or I got to make sure you understand that I see your point of view. I don't get that. Why can't I just be in pain and you walk with me? knowing that i'm in pain i ain't actually to fix it because you really can't not that individual but what you can do is take a message out to other people that somebody that i love is in pain and they're in pain because of a system that was designed against them i'm going to do everything in my power and that ain't much but it's something to counter that pain i mean counter that yeah system. That, and, and, I'm,
0: and I'm gonna like i said i'm gonna educate myself a little bit more because i when i am uh read just even the first couple chapters, and I, we gotta get off here. First yeah, couple chapters, first couple chapters of a book. First one I ordered was White Guilt. Okay, should be here Friday. White Guilt by uh, Shelby Steele. I read first three chapters of it. And I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta read this because this is a pr- pretty compelling thing. He's talking about. He basically says Eisenhower talking about the fifties, right? Eisenhower used the word the N word now and then, or whatever. I guess it's reported that he did. I mean, I'm sure he did. It was the 1950s. I mean, that was pretty pretty rampant at that point. Uh, compare that to bill clinton who uh had the lewinsky scandal okay so what's interesting is if you took those issues and swapped them and in the 50s eisenhower would have had the lewinsky uh, scandal they'd have thrown him out of office Mm. right but clinton didn't get thrown out of office eisenhower uses the n-word in the 50s he doesn't get thrown out of office I'll tell you right now, if Donald Trump used the N-word, he'd be thrown out of office. Guaranteed it. It's not even a question. So, And I'm not saying he shouldn't, but that's just where culture has 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 come. If Clinton would have used the N-word, he'd been thrown out of office. So it's interesting. It's so interesting. I can't wait to read more to look at how is it that in so many ways, it's common to say that there's been this moral decline. Right, There's been this lowering of the bar in terms of behavior to the point where Clinton could do what he did and whatever else. And that we would even elect uh, someone to be to president who has said some of the things that he said. We've had that type of decline, but as it relates to race and your words, there's been, I think in his case, he's making the case that his argument is there's been a raising of the bar. With that issue. So I can't wait to I can't wait to read this and see where where he's going with this. And then then I want to read a lot of other opposing viewpoints as well. I think that this is probably the way for us to have intelligent conversations about it. I hope we can have more intelligent conversations. I know you and I will, but uh, but also want some action. You know what I'm tired of? I said this to a friend of mine yesterday. I'm tired of who happens to be a black American to, you know, to put it into context, uh, a black citizen in my county. I said, I'm tired of the people who run for office and come down to the church. Oh, I got going down to the black church. It's campaign season. And then they come down, shake hands and whatever. And then they're gone. You don't ever see them again. I'm tired of that nonsense. Yeah. I'm tired of people going to pick up uh signs and and protests and walk i I just I'm, i'm fine with that but i want to see okay what do we do what do we do after that right let's not let it stop right there what do we do now and part of what we got to do now is for the people who they're still figuring it all out we can't crucify them and say you're racist because you said thus and so while the person's like Saying they were like a deer in the headlights, like, well, I don't understand where you're coming from, right? I mean, there are those types of situations that are happening right now where someone's like standing up for the cops and they're getting pummeled and getting called a racist. Don't don't be pummeling that person and canceling them out just because they stand up for the cops. Hell, we were all doing that like three weeks ago. Mm. I mean, come on, right?
1: No, we all. I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Remember our conversation. Many months ago, yeah. Well, I tell you what,
0: I'm from a company. Yeah, d- d- depends on what's happening in the world and what's happened to you and what's happened to me at the moment. Those conversations sound very, very different sometimes. That's for sure. I so, am. and that's and that's just part of that process, like we talked about on probably episode number two. That racial spectrum. At one minute, you could be ready to kill everybody and burn everything down, and then you know you calm down a little bit, and then you're okay. Everyone's mm-hmm. okay.
1: What was that? I said, you, you go from that to being just a little curious. That's when right. Look That's
0: more right. Somebody that looked like you. All right, well, here's what I want to talk about on Thursday night. I downloaded the uh, the the paper that was published by Peggy McIntosh. It's got some updates to it. Back in 1989, the, and it's called uh, White Privilege, Unpacking the Invisible Knapsack. From what I understand, this is the Founding's sort of... Uh, a paper uh, original sort of thought that was proposed about white privilege. This is what brought it onto the scene. And I want to talk about that. There's like 26 points that she has that, and not only that, but here's the other interesting thing that I want to try to unpack first before we have this conversation is other forms of privilege. She says, she says this could be, uh applied to all kinds of stuff so anyway i think that'd be an interesting conversation so we'll see unless unless something else comes up between now and then which is likely so yeah nah, all right I, I, man i'm gonna keep on trying to be hopeful that's what i'm gonna try to do until we come back live thursday night at eight o'clock and it's really really hard i get talked out of my hope Really, really quick. I taught myself out of the hope. Really, really quickly.
1: And we got You got a training on Thursday too. Don't forget that.
0: I do that. I do. I do. <laughs> I will do that. That's for sure. Until then, I'm going to cling to my God and my guns, and I'll be back.
1: You know I'm ammoed up.
0: You know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for watching, everyone. And uh, hey, listen. Uh, don't forget, you can download the episode. Might be more. You know, might be easier just to. Download it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and uh, and listen while you're doing some work around the house or taking a long drive or whatever. And uh, hey, and don't don't be afraid to hit up Reggie and I on Facebook. We're easy enough to find. You go send us a message. Let us know we're stupid or you enjoyed the show or uh, whatever. And I appreciate the love from Chuck. Said George is legit because the only feedback I ever get is how awesome Reggie is, and that's it. So I appreciate the love from Chuck. All right, until then, we're out of here.